Welcome to the Alpha Dude Podcast with Michael Pulser. What would it be like if you knew that you were unstoppable and you could live life on your terms? Better yet, how good would it feel knowing that on your deathbed, you had fulfilled all your potential and more? Life on Earth has a beginning and an end. It's what you do in the middle that counts. Let's look at how to make that part even better. Have you ever been in one of those situations where you're with somebody, but you just can't stand them? Maybe the person you're talking to is just very egotistical or narcissistic or just plain annoying, and you're reaching into your internal resources and you're trying to achieve frame control, but this person's just bringing you out because he's showing you what a bad guy he is, what an annoying character he is. So how do you maintain that strong, positive, dominant frame when it comes to these situations? In this system, we talk about the concept of the mirror. And basically, that means that everything that we do in dealing with other people, we should also do to ourselves in order to analyze ourselves. Or to be more succinct, before you analyze other people, make sure you analyze yourself. And today we're going to look at a technique that you can use both for yourself first and then for the other person. So why is it important to analyze yourself first? The fact is that we all think that we're bastions of logic and reason, but emotion, other distractions and things come in our way. And subsequently, we do not make the right decisions all the time. Only through true introspection can we see where we stand what we're doing, and why we do these things. And the concept I want to look at today is the behavior. Now, this is not behavioralism as in classic Skinner psychology. It's more the behavior of an individual and separating it from the individual himself. What this means for you is that when you do that introspection, when you look at how you act in the world, the focus should be on your behavior. Now, thoughts are incredibly important, but if you look at your behavior first, it will pay massive dividends. So let's look at you right now, something that you've done recently that you just want to examine. Something that many people talk about is a feeling of social pressure in different situations. Now, this could be something as menial as walking down the street, somebody's walking towards you. And you have a feeling of anxiety, not because they're a scary looking guy and you think you're going to get jumped, but more that it's a social pressure. You're not sure, should you look up? Should you smile? Did they smile back? What's the interaction there? All of that stuff going through your mind. No doubt with all these processes going through your mind, you probably walked away feeling a little bit anxious and thinking to yourself, wow, that was kind of weird. I guess when I approach people on the street, I feel a bit nervous. Therefore, I'm a nervous person. Maybe I have a degree of anxiety. Maybe I'm not really sure about myself. And that's why it's imperative for you first before the other person that you separate the behavior from your identity. Because as soon as you associate your behavior with your identity, then you become that thing. Now, look, that can be incredibly useful. And if you reverse engineer it, and say that, hey, I just won this championship, I am a winner. Or if I had this positive reference experience, 
then sure, you can draw out and reach conclusions which support you as being something more positive, which builds you up, which allows you to reach greater potential. But more often than not, we go the reverse way. We work through something, it doesn't work out the way that you wanted it to go, and subsequently, you feel worse about yourself because not only the situation has made you a little bit flustered or anxious or whatever it may be, but at a macro level, your identity has changed and you said to yourself, wow, I am a nervous person. I am shy. I am introverted. Whatever it may be for you, just notice that as soon as you apply your behavior to your identity, then you've boxed yourself and it's going to work against you. So what is the solution? As we mentioned, the key, the premise, is to separate the behavior from the identity. So how do you do this? The first step is to realize that the identity is different from the behavior. Notice that you have an incredible range of emotions and behaviors in different contexts. And subsequently, you can see that if you acted in a certain way at one point in your life, and you've acted in a totally different way in another setting, then you are not defined by the way that you acted, particularly if you acted in an unresourceful way in a particular situation. Secondly, is using discipline. Now, I strongly believe that the greatest hurdle to discipline is fear and apathy. Now, fear and apathy are two emotions that we often have very limited control over. Now, I believe we can control it, but it's very hard and it can be automatic. So if you have that guy that says he's fearless, all you have to do is pull out a knife, wave it in his face, maybe get some snakes, whatever it is. And the automatic response is the fear mechanism clicks in. So there is a degree of fear which is automatic and possibly not able to be controlled at the moment. Apathy is more subtle but a similar process. After years of conditioning, we sometimes become a little bit lazy, a bit reserved, a bit withdrawn, and subsequently apathetic, and it becomes an automatic response. The strategy to overcome these two emotions is number one, choosing to have courage, because courage is literally a choice. Anyone can get scared. And that can be an automatic response. But anyone can choose to react with courage. And that's what I implore you to do as you address your behavior identity conflict. The other thing that you can choose to do to overcome apathy is to look at the opposite. And that's either motivation or discipline, which again are choices. Now, they might not be easy choices, just like courage is not an easy choice. But through going through psychological exercises we've talked before about, you can train it, make it a discipline, make it a habit, and then you can overcome apathy as well. Which brings us to the next step, and that is overcoming the challenge that's in front of us. So let's say, and again, we're just talking about something menial, but these behavior-driven responses really alter our perception of our identity. So you're walking down the street, you see somebody, that person's walking towards you, you feel awkward, you walk away from the experience saying, wow, I'm an awkward person. And then you realize, hey, hang on, I got caught in a trap. 
It was just a psychological concept that put me there. So what are you going to do with it? You're going to separate your behavior from your identity. You're going to realize what this podcast has been talking about. You're going to realize that you have the actual potential to choose to do differently, whether it's to use courage or discipline or motivation, whatever it is. And then you have the choice whether you're going to continue down that pathway or whether you're going to change things. And I strongly recommend at this point that you do change things so that you get yourself in that situation again and then change something. Maybe you get into the alpha dude state using the four A's. You get yourself into a powerful place and then you walk down with that strong body language, the attitude, everything all set up and then you notice that you feel confident. Your response is not dependent on what the other person does or says or expresses through their body language. And you notice that, hey, I feel pretty good. In fact, that other guy looked at me like I was a cool guy, whatever it was. And then from that situation, realize that you have the ability to separate your behavior from your identity. From this point, you can then decide to take one of two options. Option number one is taking that realization and not letting it limit you in any other way. So that means if you walk down the street and you see somebody and you feel less than resourceful, then you can simply say, oh, well, that was just a behavior. It's not actually my identity. And there's been multiple cases where this hasn't been a factor. So that's the first bit. We've overcome that. The second bit where we upgrade it is where you actually take on the positive parts to your identity. Once you do this habitually and you feel more confident, suddenly you'll be walking down the street, you'll be passing people, you'll be treated with respect, whatever it is your goal. I'm just using this example. Whatever it is, you can then take that behavior and then do exactly what you used to do. You can transfer it so that your behavior that is positive helps define your identity. This means that you've overcome that insecure thought about your identity based on your action, and you've reinforced your secure, great, solid, powerful nature through past reference experiences. If you can do this in the right order, it's extremely powerful. But we don't stop there, because as we said at the start, we deal with people all the time, and many people are extremely annoying. And we don't know why it is. Maybe they've had a bad day. Maybe they are bad people. Maybe there is some other reason. But it's not for us to decide in that moment about their motivations of why they're acting that way. What your job is, is to realize why you're having that interaction in the first place. Now, if it's an absolutely useless interaction and the person's annoying you, then I recommend you probably just walk away from the situation and then start something that's productive. But if you're interacting with a colleague or someone that's important, something that you need to do, then you have to address it head on. So I'm going to give you three seconds to think about what it is you need to do when dealing with somebody who annoys you. One, two, three. That's right. You separate their behavior from their identity. In order to do this, you have to use the mirror concept and do everything we've talked about so far. 
apply it to yourself. Realize that you do things that are not the greatest all the time, but that's not who you are. And the person in front of you, you're dealing with their behavior. And their behavior is not necessarily who they are. Once you get into a strong reference frame, it's actually quite easy to do this. And when somebody is talking to you and you feel that feeling welling up saying, this guy is just really annoying, then you can use this concept to take away all of the damage that they're doing in that moment. And that could be as simple as being in that strong frame and then looking at them with a pity frame. Maybe you look at them with a frame that maybe they were once a baby and they've been scarred by the world like all of us has and they're expressing it in the wrong way. Subsequently, you don't have to take their behavior as who they are. You can just say, wow, that guy, he's kind of messed up, poor guy. And then it's really hard for somebody to continue to be really mean and abusive if you look at them with absolute pity. Maybe you can ask those questions that we asked before. Now, we're not looking for a true reason, but we're just looking for a reason that makes sense. You could say, well, this person has gone through a lot. This person has problems at home, whatever it is, and look at them through that sort of frame. You'll know that you've achieved true frame control when the whole interaction starts to change. You'll be talking to the person that have been getting really revved up. You're totally calm in the center of the storm. In fact, you're kind of enjoying the interaction because you feel good inside despite all of the pressures that are going on the outside. Then soon enough, the other person starts to settle down and sometimes they even change in the moment. And when this happens, you can then look at the behavior identity factor and maybe add that to your behavior if you want to. That way you become the sort of person who can work with difficult people and not only get through it, but create some sort of synergistic relationship from the worst possible reference experience. Suddenly that means that at a, the level of your identity that you have these skills and talents and strengths, which means that you find the day-to-day -day easy and the hard relatively easy. Now this is a huge paradigm shift from where we started at the start of the episode. Just remember this, the number one takeaway from this episode is your behavior is not your identity. However, you can make it a part of your identity if it works for you. Make sure you apply it to you, yourself first and then to other people in interactions. We talk a lot about framing and reframing in past episodes, so make sure you check those out if you haven't already. And remember, always separate the behavior from the identity. Hope you enjoyed the podcast. If so, rate it from the place you downloaded it. For any questions, send an email to michaelpulser at gmail.com.